0: Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top rated sports book. Make sure you use the code CHGO when you sign up. The hot dog, Batman, and I believe Maverick in the corner here on Halloween with you. Uh, World Series tied at one. Oh, that is Maverick. He's looking for his music. I see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is that the Dark Knight or is it Batman? I'm not sure. What voice are we going to get? I'm Batman. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ryan has to talk like that the entire show. I'm voting for it. And
0: the thing is, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast later, Ryan uh, looks like that's an expensive Batman costume that maybe he wears more often than we know. We're just not. where's wears voting. it to bed. Oh, hold on a second, guys. I'm getting a call. I'm getting a call. Hold on. I can finally do it. Yeah, I got to go, Admiral. I got to go. I got to go. Sorry. Next time. (laughs) Now reporting as Top Dog. Top Dog. (laughs) Top Dog. If I could change my name, I would. Uh, Uh, I did see, you ready for this? I saw the new Top Gun movie finally this week. Finally rented it. Nice. It's better than Batman. Did you like it? It's better than The Dark Knight. Wow. It was so good. Did you guys both see it? No, I I not. no, it's, it's not. No, it's really good. man. No now I have to go back and watch the original, but the second one was really, I mean, way better than I expected. Sounds way like, like you have to go back Batman. and watch
2: The Dark Knight,
0: too. I agree. All right. Well, <laughs> Top Dog's going to take his shades off because he can't see anything he wrote down. The sunglasses laughing at home. <laughs> oh, wait. this is uh,
1: rails already. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Halloween, I, I I love it. As a kid, I, I'm not as hardcore into candy as some other kids are. Do you Do you guys have favorite candy that you like? You You would seek out as a kid. Do you mm. have your top five? When
1: I was a kid, I didn't have a favorite, but as I got older and realized how much I, I you know, narrowed down my choices, yeah, I came up with a top five. Twix, number one overall. Yeah, Twix is number no overall correct. Pick. You're both. right Snickers.
2: Snickers is number one.
1: That's <laughs> not even top five, brother. Snickers is uh, obviously no. Snickers it's not even one, I'm two, fine. three, four, and no. five. No, no, definitely not. But I, I okay. <laughs> Twix, Reese's, Reese's uh, peanut butter cup, uh, Kit Kat, uh, Milky Way, and then M and M's. And it doesn't matter if it's the regular or the peanut.
0: Well, you got a lot okay. of mine. I'm Twix, Kit Kat, Milky Way, three Musketeers, and then another Kit Kat.
1: And then another right.
0: cake out. By go. the way, Batman, you sound like maybe you have laryngitis. Was there a bender that you went to? You know, were you out on a bender this weekend?
2: I was fighting crime. I was looking for justice.
0: <laughs> I only
2: I only drink justice. Drink
0: justice, yes. Uh, no, I oh boy. I, I don't even know where to go. Batman's so good. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> Scary Cubs, you want to, you want to go with that topic? Scary Cubs. Who's your scariest Cub? Zambrano. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure he is right in in more ways than one. He's the scariest <laughs> yeah. Cub of all time. Nobody wants to fight Big Z. 2015, oh.
2: 2016, Jake Arrieta is up there. Oh, strike fear
1: for different yeah. reason. Different reason. Or like or like John Lester. John Lester, is someone I wouldn't want to scare or get in, getting a tussle with.
0: <laughs> what about Kyle Farnsworth? Screw loose. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. now
2: after he's bulked up like that's like 200 pounds
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's right i forgot well what about soriano's pretty beefed up i don't know if i'd want to yeah. go after soriano either
1: and his hat dog his hat uh hot dad summer yeah yeah <laughs> that's
0: right uh, that, like, that
1: vibe i don't know if that's scary but it's definitely impressive
0: i've never really seen him super angry so i would stick with i would stick with Zimbrano's the scariest cub of all time and if you're going with like Arietta would be a good one and like Sammy would be, you know, Summer of Sammy would be good too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a, a quick qu- final question on Halloween. If, if you're out trick or treating and somebody hands you a bag of candy corn, your reaction mm-hmm. is yay or you're going back to smash their pumpkins outside on their stoop. I'm a yay. I like candy Really? Corn. Yeah, I'm a candy corn guy. That I was man. eating some on Saturday. Really? I'm an A. I'm an A.
1: I don't eat candy corn. It's not good.
0: He only drinks justice. It. He doesn't eat oh. candy corn. He only drinks justice. Yes. Um, and eats it. And eats justice, too. <laughs> what did you guys think? Of, what do you think of the first couple of games of the World Series? Huh? My, my Phillies predictions, looking better. Looking better. Listen, game one was the biggest bad
1: beat of my life. I mean, the biggest comeback since the 1950s or some shit. Like, I had Astros minus one and a half, yeah. and it looked great. You had Justin Verlander on the mound. You're up five to nothing. And you not only do you allow them back in the game, but you blow it and lose in, in extra innings. I, I honestly thought Philly was going to win game two, and then the Astros came out and dominated. So credit to them for putting that one to the side, knowing it was just one game and coming back out and – uh You know, getting back on track. Now they got to go to Philly and they have to at least win one there. Uh, It's going to be tough. No one's, I don't think Philly's lost at home this postseason. So we're going to, we're going to see. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I will give Philly credit. They, they, they played better than I expected.
0: My, my guy Castellanos has been pretty good too. How about that catch in the first, uh, first game? You know, yeah. I, I, when I picked him, I just assumed I was picking, just offense, so far the biggest play in the World Series has been his catch, maybe. It yeah. has
2: to be. It has to be because Jeremy Pena literally almost had another rookie <laughs> postseason moment that no one saw coming, and then Castellanos, who's not known for his defense, makes that sliding. I
1: love, I love the interview after the game that they did with Castellanos where he basically says – Oh yeah, in the postseason I try harder basically. Like if these games in the regular season <laughs> meant more, I would I would be a better player. Like that's basically what he said. Like yeah. I I, you know, I was mad because the Astros couldn't cover the one and a half, but then I watched that interview and I'm like, I can't even be mad about it anymore because that was just like the most nonchalant. Like, I don't give a shit about anything, but I'm really good at baseball. So yeah. Yeah. Like it was pay, something pay me million like
0: pay me millions yeah. and you're gonna get about 75 percent you let the game basically. count then I'll give you like 98.
1: yeah that's basically <laughs> what he said
2: it was nuts because me and me and Cody on the bet show were talking about that minus one and a half uh Astros and they went up five nothing and that looked I looked gold. Ryan
1: texted me he's like oh we're looking good right now and then and then,
2: and then, 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 it, then it happened yeah. and then I texted him back I'm like I'm a I'm a damn jinx yep.
1: <laughs> yep. I was <laughs> you're not a lot on that show again I, and I wish, I wish, I'd taken Kyle Tucker though. Kyle Tucker had a hell of a yeah, game one. Unfortunately, no one's gonna really remember it except for the well, the only people that will remember that game are Phillies fans. But like, the Astros lost that game and they blew it, and Kyle Tucker had a the game of his life. Mm-hmm. Like sour ending for him, but yeah, no, he had, the way that the Astros start that game and it was all because of him, basically was. Did anyone take him for who you got? No. No, no one did. No. I, 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 I remember looking five, down though. the
0: list, thinking about it, and then I was like, nah, you know, there's other names. Mm. I went Castellanos, I think, with my last pick instead of him. At Altuve,
1: yeah. and he's continued to struggle, so that's not. He really had a good great. game on, on Saturday. Like three hits, I yeah. think. Oh, did he finally I mean, break? I didn't watch yeah. the game on Saturday because I was at yeah. a Halloween party, but uh, I followed it. I didn't really pay attention to the box.
0: Did you have a costume for Saturday's Halloween party?
1: Yes, I was Ron Stoppable from Kim Possible with Cassidy. <laughs> she was Kim Possible, and I was Ron Stoppable. It was not by choice; it was by her yeah. telling me that's what I was
0: being. So, yep. Yeah. Welcome if to you life. go on her Instagram. Welcome you to can life. Find Welcome it. to real life, Cody. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, um, I did pick Bregman. Bregman had yeah. had a game on Saturday. Yeah, so Bregman, Jeremy Pena, still
0: still playing well. I'm just Price glad I'm just glad it's a series, right? Like, even even if they win three in a row, now the Astros. Like, I'm I'm glad at least right now it's a series and it's not mm-hmm. just two nothing because it was two nothing. I think most people would be like, yeah, mm. yeah. What uh, what about uh, Fromber and the whole uh, sticky stuff
1: or cheating, whatever you want to call oh, it? Yeah. You know, are, we, are, we, are we are we are we do we care? Like, I I generally don't care, but I'm I'm curious about you guys.
0: I personally don't care. It's interesting that they've been, seems like they've been checking uh, a lot more in the postseason teams. I don't know if they're just trying to mess with somebody's mind, you know, the pitcher's mind, because it's already high stakes and it's ready, you know, the anxiety would be up. But I don't really remember it happening too much in the regular season. Do you? No.
1: Honestly, I forgot that it was a thing. Right. Yeah. And you remember how when the rules changed? Oh, did we lose him? Who did we um, lose? Cody. Here. Uh, yeah, there you go, Cody. Yeah. Okay,
0: I don't know what happened. Didn't tell well, me you. I was must going. have that Comcast internet that I had the other day.
1: RCN. Uh, it's RCN. not great either, apparently. And I'm even wired in, so I don't understand. Uh, I remember whenever they first changed the rule, and then like everyone on the internet kind of reacted to how MLB went about it in terms of like in game, like yeah, the pitcher walks off the mound, they check his hands or whatever. And like people talked about how it was gonna like ruin like the classic walk offs Mm -hmm. for a pitcher whenever they come out like to get that standing ovation and stuff like that. And really, this year wasn't much of a like. No one paid attention to it. No one like it didn't bother anyone. Uh, So I think it's just something that took a while for people to adjust to. But yeah, I don't honestly like the whole Mets thing with uh, Joe Musgrove. I honestly thought that was all about (laughs) Uh. (laughs) what a what a picture. Thank you, Joey, for that. Now that's oh, Brian that's, should make that is, his his Twitter picture, honestly. Yeah. Um, something, some kind of hand. Anyway, what I was, what I was getting at is I felt like the whole Joe Musgrove thing in the Mets. Uh, I think that was the two teams, right? Yeah. That was all spiraled based off the video that went viral online. And then today or the Saturday game, I felt like that entire, like that situation wouldn't happen because of the video that went viral online. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch the game. Did, were people talking about?
0: Like, were the broadcast talking about it? I'm with you. I didn't watch game two. Yeah, that's that's bad, right? Like, I mean, but yeah. you know what? That's what baseball gets when you go up against college football. Yep. You know what do you yep. what do you expect to happen? Right. That's why you should have started it and played those first two games on like Wednesday, Thursday. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, remember when we said they should flex it, and they had a whole week to play right. baseball,
2: they didn't, and we're like, you go flex it, like. Could still get like two or three days off and then you're going up Friday and Saturday against you know college football, college football,
1: NBA, with, like, parties, all, right? Parties, all that stuff. But I yes. Yeah, so the know, NFL I mean, on Sunday. Like, well, even though they didn't play yesterday, but still like they're gonna play tonight and Monday night football is on tonight, and I know it's Browns Bengals, but I guarantee you a lot of people are still gonna be paying attention.
0: They will, but oh. still Browns Bengals, at least you got a shot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they, know, they definitely like, have a better shot. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not as excited, at Browns Bengals. Um, you know, before all of that happened, and I guess this was actually live when Brendan and uh Corey were doing their show. You know, I hate to be negative Nelly here, Captain Buzzkill, but the injuries to Canario and we'd already been talking about Brendan Davis, like where's he been since like October 10th? And finally the it's now coming out that it is back tightness and maybe it's nothing related to the surgery, but that would seem almost impossible, right? Like the guy had back surgery and missed three and a half months. And I know it wasn't structural, but, but it seems awfully odd that it'd be the same injury, you know? And then the Canario thing, I can't even watch it anymore. It's, that's Not like right. when Robin Ventura broke his ankle or Joe Thisman broke his leg, like, it's one of those. As soon as you watched it, you know it's not. And I was gonna. I was debating whether we show it on the podcast. Like, I don't think so. If you want to see it, go see it. It's. It's that. I hope everyone by now noise. has
1: seen it. Like, I, I of the nineteen people watching currently, I, I am going to assume that they have all already seen the Canario injury because they don't blew need up to see online. it again. No, no, I definitely don't. No.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. So. It was. So it was that Thursday night that it happened. And yeah. so like we got to hear Brennan and, and Corey's live reaction on their Friday show. Um, no, it was bad. It, it, it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much if like the bigger bases or anything will help with that. Cause it looked like just an awkward step. And it was, right. it was, it was very bad to watch. Um, and it sucks for a guy like that who you know had a good season. And it was like, they had, you know, there was the idea that he may be ready to come up at some point in 2023 Canario. And, now that's that is a big setback for him i don't know the timeline of like recovery i know they said surgery because it was the ankle and then a separated shoulder as well it was it yeah. some kind of yeah. shoulder injury that
0: separated shoulder is, severe ankle break
2: yeah and like so he's
0: gonna need surgery he's
2: gonna be you know just rehab time of that and then just to get ready for you know spring training as like at best um kurt mm-hmm. says in the chat three to six months so like that could be like a whole, you know, on the on the good end, he's ready to go by spring training, but on the bad end, he's still recovering after the season starts. So uh, you don't really know for sure what's going to happen, but it's just like at this point, twenty twenty three isn't as like clear cut. Mm-hmm. Canario is going to make his debut, um, and then that affects other things that the Cubs may have tried to do this offseason as far mm-hmm. as like what he have been a trade piece, what he have been uh, a, a you know a guy that other teams. You know, looking looking to offload some major league guys, some good major league guys, and get back some good prospects in return. Um, was he going to be a guy that that could have like, he could have been involved in those talks, uh, possibly? And now it that seems a lot less clear. Like that might actually happen. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a bad bad injury for Canario and Bet. I mean, Bet certainly for him. Like you feel for the guy. It's a it's a brutal injury to see. Um, you never want to see players get injured, but. Um, a, like in the secondary note, it's like, it's brutal for the Cubs in terms of like how they were going to plan out this offseason, this winter, and then go into 2023. It's, it, it, it those were wrenching a lot of that stuff.
1: Absolutely. And I honestly, and I feel bad in a way saying this, but I think it's, it hurts more for me watching it in terms of, or hearing about the news as part of Canario potentially being someone they could have traded to get something back. Because I, uh, The Cubs are just loaded at outfield. And, like, I just don't know where he fits in. I, you know, obviously I'm excited about Matt Mervis, and I still have lots and lots of hope about Brandon Davis for obvious reasons. When you got Happ and Suzuki in your corner outfield and you got other guys on the farm, too, that are in the outfield that are doing well, like, you're going to have to move one of them. And, I I mean, I would have been okay if the Cubs kept him. I also would have been okay if they traded him to get something – big back. He would have been able to get something big back. I still have some optimism that maybe they could, but I think they'd have to throw in another piece to be able to get anything really significant, just because you just don't know what that injury, you know what I mean? So um yeah, it's tough. Uh it's, This is the, this is like the downfall of, you know, and again, I'm not going to, we've, we've talked about these trades. We've talked about the, the direction of the team over the last year and a half. We've talked about it at ends. But this is kind of like the the setback it is whenever you are trying to when you sell off all of the all of the pieces of the core. When 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 something like this is when, when this happens, then you look back and you're like, Man, maybe we should have kept one. You know what I mean? And like that's that's what bothers me. That's whenever people in the chat that are still talking about those guys that we have had talked about at ends, that's when I feel with them. That's when I feel with them because not that I think anything would be any different if Chris Bryant was still on this roster, but at the same time, if they keep one, you at least have a proven guy, you know, and now with Canario being out and you don't know when he's coming back, this injury could, you know, you just, we don't know how the guy heals. Like, I, I don't know. Like maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm not. All I know is that his injury on top of Davis's like quote unquote back tightness. It makes you feel I feel uh pessimistic about the outfield depth now and what the Cubs could potentially do with it if they did want to make a trade. So this is what it is I guess. I I Brennan Davis I'm 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 leaning more towards you know hoping that it's just precautionary um because it's just in the fall league but at the same time it's like the guy needed a bats. So yeah, I'm a little I'm 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 a little like I don't know how to say it just worried but maybe not as worried as I am. For Canario, but that's for obvious reasons because that injury is
0: so much worse. I've got so. three th- – oh, sorry. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. I'm just going to say I've got I got three things on it. One is, first of all, like Ryan was saying, that the position potentially was open to either one of those guys for opening day. Like center field yeah. is available to somebody. Like it's – Morrell has played there a lot, yes, but Morrell has flexibility that position was open for one of those guys to grab it in spring training. And now it's impossible for Canario. I don't think it's even possible, but like, and for Brendan Davis, it seems awfully unlikely as well. So you were never going to have as an amateur or as a minor, I shouldn't say an amateur as a minor league player without any major league experience, you were never going to have higher trade value in Canario than you did after this last season. The guy was hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. So if you were looking to make one of those big trades, there is no question that he is a guy that other teams would be targeting as that's one of the guys we want. So you absolutely have one less trade chip because nobody's going to trade for him now. Not this offseason or not. Nobody's going to be like, yep, separated shoulder and not just a not broken Not for him ankle. separately
1: at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But not just the shoulder, a severely broken ankle like – I've read a few things about the surgery. It's like the healing process is different than other broken ankles. It's, it's, it's definitely not a good thing. And the other thing is, you know, I see James saying, uh, judge is a must now. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, paying money for free agents should be more of a must now at this point, because you're way less likely to make that big trade because you're a couple of your chips, even if Brendan Davis was one of them, like, a couple of those chips are are banged up. You start to throw in, you know, Cody Hoyer, and you throw in um, – who's the other reliever that had Tommy John this year that I can't think of?
1: Ethan Roberts. Ethan, Ethan Roberts. Roberts. Like,
0: nobody's trading for any of those guys. Not while they're hurt, they're not. So yeah. some of your big names that could have been trade chips are off the market. And it points out – and I think, Ryan, you said this on Twitter. It's like, this, this is why you have to build that depth in the farm system because – It could happen any day to a pitcher, but it can happen to your position players too. And there's no guarantee that even if they are healthy, when they get up, they're going to be great. And so, you know, when we've talked about all of the trades and we'll say like, ah, to give up five of these prospects for this guy. Well, I mean, this just amplifies both sides of that. One, you don't know what those guys are going to be, but B, you got to have the depth in your organization. Even if you think you have the depth, Sometimes you don't because you just don't know what's going to happen in the future to these guys. And, yeah. and you know, we don't know what's going on. Like Kyle Hendricks is another guy who's got a shoulder injury, right? So you have a lot of guys that are question marks physically coming off this season. And that is not, that is not a good thing for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. No. And tough. then it also goes to like, kind of when we talked about Cody Bellinger, um
0: mm-hmm. last
2: week and, and, you know, Oh, center field's open. You know, they want Brennan Davis and Canario to come up at some point. Sure. But then you also see like why you can't just rely on prospects to to fill those roles. Not just because they've never done anything at the big league level, but because that things like this could happen, right? Um, so am I saying that the Cubs need to go and and give Ian Happ like a 6-year extension and go out and sign some other guy for 6 years? No, I'm not saying that. But you need to have big league level depth, not, not just minor league guys, but guys like a Cody Bellinger who could be up yep. there. Um, it, you know, take up some some time in the outfield because if these guys, even if these guys, you know, weren't injured and were ready to go, you can't just rely on, on say a Suzuki, Brennan Davis and, and uh, Ian Happ to be your outfield and let the chips fall from there. Like you need to build up. If you plan on competing, you need to build up a lot of the depth that can withstand things like injuries. We saw on the pitching side, how much first half, Uh, You know, Wade Miley got hurt, was hurt for basically the entire first half. Stroman um, was in in and out or on and off the aisle. Drew Smiley missed a month. Kyle Hendricks dealt with stuff like, and they didn't have the depth to withstand that. And the same goes for position players. Like if the Cubs were to sign, again, just throwing the name out there, Cody Bellinger. um, But then Brendan Davis uh, and or Alexander Canario are ready to come up at some point next season. Then you got you you got a you got a solid outfield depth there even if Cody Bellinger is your guy off the bench in, in some way like that that's not a bad outfield to have so to say like they don't need to go plug these holes just because they have guys waiting in the minor leagues that, that's I don't, I don't agree with that. I think they need to address the okay Michael Kulata. um <laughs> hey Batman, <laughs> Rickets won't spend. <laughs> uh <but> anyway, um uh, <laughs> To have, I didn't. I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. To have the depth that to, to withstand those injuries, um, you need to fill those holes at the big league level. Even if you do have really good guys um, in the minor leagues, because if those guys are that good and are that ready, they'll come up and they'll win the job themselves.
1: Yeah, but you I, need to have the depth. You need to have the I'll, backup plans. I'll say this: like I am, like I like I said, I'm very worried about the outfield situation with with the minor league guys but we also haven't heard from jed yet on like the status like all we know is just the report that davis is back tightness and then that we've seen the video of canario and like i i i i would like to hear from jed on like the timetable for these guys but either way like obviously canario is going to be out for months um and and but davis is just like a Like I said at the beginning, like it could be a precautionary thing. It it could be a more serious thing. We genuinely don't know, so that's why I would love, I would like to hear from Jed on it. Um, yeah, I'm with you, Ryan. Like they, like we, even before these injuries, I, I said that they should be, if if Cody Bellinger gets non-tendered, they should go after him. Like I, I still feel like the Dodgers are going to do it if they are going to want to spend significant money to try and go and get Judge. So, you know, I. I think if you do that, if they if they do that and, you know, Davis is healthy in the spring and you still got Morrell who can play some center field, I think that those three combined out in center is is fine for next year's team. Uh, so we'll, we're, we're going to see. But, yeah, I mean, it's it just sucks right now. It's just like you were going into offseason with so much momentum, like on the major league team and on the minor league team, you felt like. And to see like how the Arizona Fall League is gone for Brendan Davis, it's so discouraging. I mean, at least Matt at least Matt Mervis is still mashing down there. Like he continues to just just continue to show that he deserves to be at first base for the Cubs next year. So I mean, if you want me to spin zone it for you about the Cubs farm right now, is, is it's that guy. He is just keeps doing it. I don't I don't know why, I don't know how, but he just keeps doing it. So uh, that's encouraging at least
0: unless he's become now the top trade target for some other teams, or at least a a big name that teams are looking for because the other guys aren't available. And, you know, I saw somebody, I think it was Joe in the chat mentioning the article talking about Marquis ratings being way down and, you know, profits Mm -hmm. are down. And I can't decide if that's good news or bad news. Like are, are the Cubs really going to try to spend to try and boost their TV network and and increase their attendance, which they should, or are we looking at a headline that was thrown out there so that we can get a, you know, this is a Michael Collada conspiracy theory. Is it a headline that's been thrown out so we can now go, well, their ratings were down so they don't have the money they said they thought they were going to have because the money from the TV network, the wheelbarrows aren't as full as we thought the wheelbarrows were going to be. I still think it's the I still think it's the first one, but I could see people making arguments for both sides to it. Um, Hey, what do you guys think about the uh, hitting coach? I saw the athletic was pointing out that now. So Greg Brown fired or offered to be reassigned, but they believe he's going to look elsewhere. And Dustin Kelly promoted to hitting coach. That is a 14 different hitting coaches for the Cubs from 2012 to 2022.
1: I'll just say that it was. We've had more. We've had
0: less quarterbacks for the Bears than we've had hitting coaches for the Cubs. It's it's the most revolving door there is in business.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna put this out there, but like me and Ryan like saw Greg Brown at Bernie's like a month ago, right? Yeah, (laughs) and like he seemed like the nicest dude, and he talked all he talked up. To me and him about how uh, you know the culture and, and and the clubhouse environment and everything seemed like he enjoyed it. They seemed like he was happy to be there. So uh, I am surprised to see that they wanted to bring up a new hitting coach um, because I don't think he was good or bad at his job. I felt like you know it was it was whatever. Like I didn't think the hitting was so bad that he deserved to be fired, but. You know, I, I don't know how much of an impact he had on Ian Happ or any of these young guys, but, like, I don't know. Like, I just – to me, it was one of those, like, maybe they wanted to give him a different position, but he wasn't interested, so maybe he's not, he, he's going to go look somewhere else. But I don't – just based off that one interaction with him, he seemed like he was happy with the Cubs organization itself. Yeah. So, you know, w- wouldn't you agree, Ryan? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back and
2: – Kind of just from the beginning, yeah. So Greg Brown out. Um, Destin Kelly uh, is is now. He was the two, for two years, I believe, the minor league hitting coordinator. Um, now is being promoted to the hitting coach job uh, of the Cubs. Um, I don't. I don't. I'm still surprised that that just it, the, the the Greg Brown. There's, there's they're parting ways. I know um, he's going to be. You know, he was offered a job in a different capacity. Uh, but I think he's, he's looking at other opportunities, assuming that means, you know, he wants still wants to be a hitting coach at, at, at this level. So, um, it was surprising news to get on Friday for sure. Uh, but as far as, as why it happened, um, I, I'm, I'm curious and I wonder if, if this had more to do with wanting to keep Dustin Kelly, um, in the organization versus mm-hmm. anything Greg Brown did. I mean, the, the numbers weren't great. I wrote a few of them down, um. Uh, they had a 97 WRC plus, which is 20th in the majors. Um, they had the 10th highest strikeout rate at 23.8%. And then for a team that was, you know, touted as this like a change from a, a high strikeout team to now more of a contact heavy lineup, um, they were 28th in contact rate, 74.9%. Uh, um, they had a 19th nineteenth overall in, in F4, 15.7, and then 16th uh, in weighted on base average at 307. Um, they were vor- they were very middle of the pack to the back end of the major leagues in uh, in, in terms around of, the offensive side. They it's not like he had a, a great lineup to work with. I'll give him that. Exactly. Like, like like there weren't a ton of proven hitters at this level. Even Nico Horner kind of came in with question marks, and and he really took a big step forward. Ian Happ took a really really big step forward on both sides of the plate. Um, Say Suzuki had his ups and downs, but. Eventually, like by the end of the season, he was hitting well again. Um, Morrell kind of had his own ups and downs too, and, and probably didn't improve them as much as like Sayed did towards the back end. But he's also 23, uh, a lot of time to work with. So there were some success stories in there, but overall, the the offense wasn't great. And and Jed kind of talked about that in his press conference that they obviously just didn't score enough runs, uh, and a lot of that had to do with the lack of power. So again, it's not all on Greg Brown. Uh, because the, the the roster he was given to work with at the hitting level just just didn't match up to what a competitive lineup needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um so I, it does make me wonder if they like I really I know they want it because they want to, they, they want to do what they did with the on the pitching side with Craig Breslow all the way down, everyone on the same page, everyone, you know, working hand in hand in tandem, you know the same message going all the way from from the top of the uh, the offensive or the pitching side all the way down through the minor league rings, minor league pitching coordinators, all that stuff. And I know they want to do that same thing on the hitting side. Um, so that starts with, you know, Justin stone director of hitting. Um, and then, so maybe that just, that's, that's all bogs down is they wanted to keep Dustin Kelly in there who was, you know, the o- oversaw the hitting on the minor league side. And they want to, they wanted to keep him in the organization. And the way to do that was by promoting it. Um, yeah. it, it, it just, it, again, it's not like, it, that's I think that's the thing that maybe makes the most sense to me. And I'm not reporting that. I don't know that for a fact, but it just feels like something that it makes more sense than like they want because cause Craig Brown, Greg Brown came in with a lot, like a very high he, he was in a high regard, he was a highly sought after hitting coach last year because he was uh previously the, the Rays minor yeah. yeah, Rays minor league hitting coordinator um and did a good job there. Obviously the Rays have a great system in place on their hitting side. Um yeah. so he was highly sought after. So it wouldn't make sense that after just one year of Greg Brown that they just saw like it wasn't gonna work out and they needed him to go. Right. Um again, not not, not saying that for certain. I, I don't know exactly what the reasoning was, but that it just feels like it may have more to do with with wanting to keep Dustin Kelly around than than anything Greg Brown really did wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean In I the think offense it, sorry Go ahead, Cody. I was just gonna say, like considering what the like top well guys who emerge as top prospects and even just other guys as well that are you know in the cubs top 30 a lot of them taking big steps not just on the pitching side obviously i'm getting at on position player side if we're talking about hitting uh a lot of them t- did take big jumps this year uh, you know joel says in the comments if uh dust has anything to do with the hitting resurgence in the system then i'm okay with it and that's that's basically where i'm at like i again i just I gave you my open reaction to when I saw the news I was like this is this doesn't seem like I didn't I was surprised and then I talked myself into them maybe taking the guy that that the, that left the cardinals and then that, that then I was wrong about that too so I don't I don't know like, I'm just whatever I I you know I hope this guy's the guy and they have him for at least the next 3 years because yeah. like
0: you look Minimum. at the Dodgers
1: you look, you look at the Dodgers, and Brant Brown has been their hitting coach for years, years, and like, I, I it's become like so bad with the Cubs and hitting coaches that like people make a joke about it, like, and we we sit and laugh about it because it's like it's the worst job in the Cubs organization because no one can keep it. So I, I just, I just hope this guy's the guy. I, I'm, and I don't necessarily use the hitting coach as a scapegoat for why guys aren't hitting or whatever, but like. Man, like it seems like the organization does with how many times they get rid of a guy. So, you know, I I don't know. I I, I genuinely like I I, it's the major leagues. It's all about performing like you're a major league player perform. If you don't perform, you're going to lose your job. It's just what happens. But at the same time, like, you know, you got to have the right coaches in there. You can you can tell at most when the manager with the manager, if the team isn't winning. Uh, he's always a scapegoat, but sometimes you can really tell if if that 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 person is having an effect, a lasting effect on a team. Uh, we saw it front and center on the south side of the town this year. So, like, you know, we're good there, but I just – this hitting coach thing is just like, I hope he's the guy, like I said.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kelly was in the – Dodge, he was a hitting instructor in the Dodgers organization before he came to the Cubs. So, mm-hmm. again, a good pedigree, just like Brown had coming in, and he's been – obviously doing good things at the minor league level when you see, like you said, mash Mervs and all those, I just don't, I can't, I can't blame Brown. So I'll agree with Ryan's theory that they just love Kelly so much that they just thought they couldn't afford to lose him. I don't. And and so maybe they thought Brown would take the reassignment and they could keep both guys in the organization. Um I just don't, I just don't buy the like, hey, the offense wasn't good, and this is why we have to change the hitting coach. Because the guys that with major league talent that, that we know have major league talent, they're hitting improved this year. Contreras improved, mm-hmm. Happ improved, uh, Morel was good when he got here. I mean, obviously Nico and the guys that don't. They don't, and and a, and a hitting instructor at the major league level isn't going to fix it. They didn't have enough talent. That's why. That's why they didn't score runs. They didn't have good hitters. Not because they yeah. didn't have a good coach. They don't. They didn't have guys that were really major league baseball ready. Period. Like, yeah. not every guy that comes up and plays in a major league uniform is a major league level player. You know, he's he's not necessarily that caliber. Guys get mm-hmm. to the. Guys get there and they get a little cup of coffee. I guess that means you're a major leaguer, but you're not an, you're not a quality major league baseball player. You're just a guy that got up and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying don't penalize the hitting coach. I mean, I agree that that's what's going on this time, but when you've had 14 different guys in 10 years, it's also a scapegoat for the organization just to say, well, we got to fix. Don't look at me. Look at these guys. Like, this is the guy. And, and that part of it's kind of BS. Um, Ryan, two out of three hosts on this show are wearing sunglasses. Uh wear your shady rays.
2: Um I can't fit the shady rays over my oh, mask. Okay. If Batman right. doesn't really I, need I, Well, but Batman shade. hey, like I he, he yeah. Batman, I have the ability to like, you know, my cowl, I can I can throw shades in like like electronically. Like, we're good. Right, like, right. Out, I, was, like, I don't that. need I don't need the shades. <laughs> I, I make I have a lot of money. I have the ability to build that into my
0: uh, Alfred and that other guy I that assume. has the lab and get you yeah. all the stuff. Lucius Fox, Lucius Fox. That's the guy,
2: that's my guy. That's my guy. That's your guy. Um, yeah. But shady Rays. So if I did have shady rays on, you know, they'd look cool. They'd look sleek. Uh, they would look like the best sunglasses you could find out there. Um, talking about shading rays. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at shady rays have you covered shady rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand-new pair, no questions asked. Say so you drop them in the lake, say so you drop them off a cliff, you get in a fight with Batman and, and they fall off your head, uh, you know, the Shady Rays will replace them. Even with that strong of a protection program, they still manage to make quality that I can tell you holding it in my hand seems just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star review. The Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. They stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. Free returns and exchanges. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And now exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com
0: where you can find all their newest and best shades. Very nice. Uh, I see that David is giving Ryan best costume. He's saying, Luke, the hot dog. While my name says hot dog, remember, it is actually top dog. Top dog. (laughs) Combination of Maverick and a hot dog. Top dog. Okay, dog? Thanks. Uh, (laughs) Athletic Greens, our next partner, has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time, wanted better gut health, more energy, and an optimized immune system. Now I've been on it for months. And I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy, but it is kind of a mild tropical taste. I look forward to taking it in the morning. Here's what it is. One scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supporting your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. I get a boost of energy, so I take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. And it's lifestyle-friendly, too. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, you're all good with AG1. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than 3 bucks a day, recommended by professional athletes with more than 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now, reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water. Every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And if you're going out, you know, Trick or treat and filling up the bucket with Twix, which is the obvious goal. Not Reese's. Stop with the Reese's, please. Stop that. Then the way to balance that out is a good dose of AG1 in the morning. Ooh,
1: That's what I'm I had about. my I had my AG1 this morning because today I am I am Maverick. I'm Steve. That's and right. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer.
0: Yeah, you're going to uh, train to be a, a a Top Gun pilot. Yeah. yeah AG1. Is,
1: yeah. David I am I am Luke today I couldn't find my Travis Matthew hat though
0: that's why I don't look like Luke fully
1: but I'm, I'm doing the best with the glasses uh okay well you are a vibe you are a vibe no question about it at least I always have the vibes I'm, that's I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm that guy
0: if you had if you had an uh who you got trophy over your shoulder it would look more <laughs> like me
1: you think so yeah <laughs> even though I've won
0: <laughs> Rachel says these costumes straight fire I would agree <laughs> last minute costumes. Not bad. Oh, yeah. Not bad. I just happened to see this at Party City and it worked out. And I, I saw someone had this,
2: someone was wearing the exact same Batman costume, like some athlete. I don't remember who it was. Um, but I like saw it on Twitter. I'm like, you know what? He went to Party City because it's the exact same costume that I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Party City's got some pretty good stuff. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, Bragg's dressing up as the guy from Goonies on the Bears post game show or pre game show yesterday. Uh, that was the best one I've seen so far this season. He had the Baby Ruth candy bar. It was really good. <laughs> so if you're if you're looking for a good costume, go back and look at the uh, Bears pregame show podcast with Greg Braggs and the guys. Yeah, Uh look, are we oh, gonna grade? Great. Snyder's giving us grades now: B, B, C minus, Corey B plus. Ooh, why is Cody get a C minus? Joey's a C. Well, oh, those are some harsh grades.
1: What what was Corey for Halloween? I don't know. I don't know what he was. I, I don't know what Corey's maybe going he, at. May, maybe he
0: posted He doesn't it get Twitter a haircut also. soon. We're going to have to go back to, like, <laughs> Tom Hanks from Castaway. <laughs> let Remember him when know. We first Stock... met him? When we first met Corey, he walked in. I was oh. like, who That's let the in the door? Like, what's going on <laughs> here? They Joel came back says back the next a good... day all clean cut.
1: <laughs> I love Joel's comedy. He says a good costume is Luke Thickmeyer.
2: <laughs> True. <laughs>
0: Well, just meyer pretty just easily. Wait till I get all those twigs in me by the end of the week.
2: That's not <laughs> even a costume. That's just how Luke lives his life.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. But balance is key because he takes his athletic greens, baby. AG1 balances it all out. <laughs> and you know, that's going one of the hardest things coming up now is post-Halloween, because everybody's gonna bring their excess candy into work. So the jar has been kind of empty. Ooh, we have a jar mm-hmm. of candy that sits on the countertop at work. It's really been sparse, which has been good for me. Like during this Anime. season, I was constantly going over there and getting like a mini Twix or a Milky Way or whatever. Yes. It's going to be bad news now. Like it's, they're, they're going to be bad news bears. Yep. It's going to be just filled with candy for months. Me and Stuck will be
1: taking half of it. Yep. I already know.
0: Good luck. Mm. Uh, so we go, should we go back to our report cards? We have uh, two key members of the cubs roster to grade today let's do it here we go uh brandon hughes report card cody you want to go first this is a guy who was not on my radar coming into the season he is on the radar going out yeah uh
1: so i'm going b for results and b for stuff and adjustments and just b overall uh i guess maybe like stuff slash adjustments i could go higher but I'm trying to look at it with all the relievers in the league. Um, I mean, maybe even overall, you can argue him in, as an a, cause he was the best reliever for the Cubs in the second half, but it wasn't for a full season. So that's why I didn't, but I mean, he, he, he did more than just impress. I mean, the guy solidified himself a spot in the ro- or not the rotation, the, the, uh, bullpen next year. Uh, the guy used to be an outfielder, which just continues mm-hmm. to blow my mind a little bit. um, so yeah, I I didn't know where else to really go. Again, you could I could you could argue the stuff and adjustments being a little bit higher because really after the All Star break, um, he really took it up a notch and really became like a you know a guy that David Ross could rely on. He was probably the one that he could rely on the most uh, in the second half of the season. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he does next season. I see him as a seven or eighth inning guy. Um. And I think the big thing that I like the most about him is he throws left-handed and the Cubs have searched and searched and searched for a high leverage left-handed reliever for years, it feels like. And it looks like they found one finally. So I'm excited for it. Um, again, maybe, maybe B is a little too low, but uh, again, I'm looking at it compared to all relievers in the game. It's not like he's throwing 101 or 100 right. miles per hour out there and there's a mm-hmm. lot of relievers that do that. I just think he's really solid, so I'll give him a B for that.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with most of that. I went, uh, let's see, I think I went B on stuff. No, B on, uh, Joey, can we get, okay, there you go. B on results, uh, A minus on stuff and adjustments, and then B plus overall. Um, I, agree, I agree with a lot of the things that uh, Cody said, especially, like, you know, the results um, were good, could be better. Um, you give him a little, a little benefit of the doubt because he, you know, was an outfielder as much as like three years ago. Um, and kind of came up in a, at a time when he wasn't really on, like, he wasn't completely on the major league radar, I would say. Like, he definitely wasn't, like, it wasn't us going in and digging into Brandon Hughes' numbers um, all, like, the first six weeks of the season until he finally came up. And we're like, okay, this guy's been doing pretty well in AAA. Um, and then, you know, I think he got optioned back down once for, like, two days after that. Like, he came up May 17th got option May 28th, and then, you know, got brought back up on May 30th. So he, 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 he came up and got the opportunity and ran with it. He, you know, just, he never went back down again. Like he became like David Ross's most trusted reliever after the trade deadline. Um, you know, he's a rookie high leverage guy and does pretty well in it. Um, the numbers again, could be a little bit better. That's why I kept them at a, at a B as far as results. Um, but I will say the reason I gave him the stuff and adjustments again is, as far as the adjustments go, I just said it. It's the, he came up and by the end of the season he was pitching in all high leverage innings and, and pitching pretty well. And he became a guy that when you when you went or when he would go out on the mound, you really didn't you really didn't think anything of it. You are like, okay, Brandon, he's coming in. It's it's good. Cubs are Cubs are fine here. Um, that didn't always work out, but it, as you once you got that feeling that he's a trust a trustworthy reliever like that's kind of as far as like <laughs> this guy went from a rookie to a, the most trusted reliever in the bullpen if you're gonna say anything about adjustments that's the biggest one right there and he did pretty well in it as far as stuff goes um we know he has a, an awesome slider um he had a 49.1 percent whiff rate on the slider um this season that's incredible um but we, we, when you see it even on the eye test it looks good it looks like you know it breaks a lot um And he can throw it to to lefties or righties, and he did. And he did pretty well with that. Um, That said, most of the season was just four-seamer slider. Um, And I think a lot of that had to do with he would come in uh, lefty-lefty matchups uh, for most of his first year. Um, So you want to see can he introduce – he also threw a sinker and a changeup not nearly as many times as the four-seamer slider, but he has that in the arsenal. So moving forward. You want to see if he can, you know, do that to, to lefties and righties. He can, he, if he could be your ninth inning guy, you know, two two lefties and then a righty comes on, and he could still have success. Whatever that situation is, um, you want to make sure that he can do that uh, and isn't just a, a matchup based guy because he he did have some some games there where he, he would come in and, and pitch to some righties and did well against them. You just want to see that over a full season and see, you know, even if he is just your matchup based guy, it doesn't hurt to have a lefty high leverage guy in the bullpen that can come in when David Ross needs to So, uh, yeah, I ended up with a B plus for him. Um, I thought it was a really, really good year. Um, I didn't think it was especially at the level that, you know, like Nico Horner and have were at this year. Um, but as far as like, he, he, again, he came up around with his opportunity and outperformed any expectations we could have possibly had for him this year. And I think that, that says about all you need to say about what Brandon Hughes did in 2022.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you guys are right. Like you know, the expectations weren't super high. You didn't really know what you had. And you look at—I I gave him very similar grades. You know, you look at him, and he's a—he made a position change. So where I went with adjustments, I go further back a couple years to when he's—he's he's changing positions. He's still learning how to actually pitch, even though he did some of it at Michigan State, I believe, in college. Um, but I thought the stuff and the adjustments—the the stuff and adjustments part where I gave him the B plus also has to do with he was in the bullpen, and when they traded everybody away, it wasn't overwhelming for him. So, like, it was more of a mental adjustment for him, I think. Like, he wasn't surrounded by the same type of pitching talent that he was previously, which, when you know, when you have guys coming in before and after you that are lights out and doing a great job, it makes your job easier. Your stuff is just a little bit different. So, I... I thought he did a great job. I, I again, he's one of those guys I can't give the A minus to simply because I'm comparing him to the rest of the league. And also I'm comparing him to some of the other grades I've given his teammates. You know, so if Nico Horner's not an A, Hughes isn't an A, but for what he did in the organization and the season he had, like if I'm if I'm him, I'm giving myself an A-like there's room for improvement. But I had a successful season and I took a major leap in my major league development or in be, in trying to become uh, a solid or everyday major league reliever. And I think he is a guy that you can count on. I, and I know bullpens are a little bit trickier, right? Like some guys are good one year and then not the next. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be the case with Hughes uh, because the slider is so good, Ryan. You know, like mm-hmm. he's, he's got that pitch. And when you start getting some other guys around him, I'd like to see him come back. And continue, I don't need him to be more than what he is, to be honest with you. Like, I don't need him to be a, be the closer of the team or be the number two guy in the bullpen. I need him to be that lefty in high leverage situations, be, be that guy. And that's a huge piece of the puzzle for a, for any team that wants to be serious about contending for a playoff spot or doing something in the postseason. And he's doing it cheap, right? You're not, you're not. I can hear Colada saying, oh, Rick, it's (laughs) Rick. Doing it cheap, (laughs) uh, low expectations, but now the expectations have been raised by this season. So just show us you can do it again. And if you have the same season next year or slightly better, that pumps you into the A category. Because I think uh, for what you were expecting going into the season, he exceeded a lot of those expectations. I would say B, B plus, B minus, any of those are acceptable. I I wouldn't go as high as an A, but – Definitely one of the guys that opened some eyes around baseball and in the organization and in the Cubs fan base. If you were paying attention to the games, he was, uh, he was solid. Uh, We have another great coming up, right? I I want to say one
2: last thing. Uh, I remember Jed talking, this just popped in my head from when Jed talked, I guess three weeks ago now um, and basically said that he, they want to get to a point where that their pitching staff is all guys that that, they, that they've grown. Like they can fill mm-hmm. out the pitching staff with their own guys, their own prospects, you know, guys that have come through the system, learning and believing in what their, you know, what what the Cubs' pitching infrastructure is and what the message is. And they want to get to a point where that that that's how the bullpen is made up. That's how the rotation's made up. Where it's all like a lot of their guys. And I think Brandon Hughes is a really good starting point for some of that. You know, I know Keegan Thompson might be in there too. Adbert, but Brandon Hughes is for, for a lefty, high leverage, maybe single inning, four out kind of guy. Like that's another really good building block for a bullpen, in my opinion.
0: Agreed. I, I like his uh, upside moving forward for sure. Uh, Pins and Ace is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear, get tons of compliments on and off the course. A family-owned golf and apparel business, they are Making amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers or pops right inside your golf bag and keep it stuck right next to you the entire round. Or you could take it uh, if you have to go trick-or-treating with the kids. Maybe take that sleeve and hide it inside your hot dog costume. It's just an idea. Uh, Check out pinsandaces.com and use the promo code CHGO to get 15% off your first order. And... Get free shipping. That's pins Ooh. and aces.com. Hey, we don't want to forget. There's still a chance you can go out, all chgo.com. Make sure you get your tickets to the tailgate this week, and we're all going to be there. Uh, I don't think I'm wearing the hot dog costume. Hoping for decent weather, but tailgate number two now, Michigan and Roosevelt, $46. All the booze you can drink, all the beer you can drink, all the food you can eat. There's going to be bags there. Uh, there's going to be Green Ridge Farm. There's going to be uh, all- CHGO family is going to be there. And you know, again, everybody that's in the chat, we consider CHGO family. So join us at the mm-hmm. tailgate, even yeah. if you don't have a ticket. I don't have a ticket to the game, but I'm going to the tailgate eight to twelve. Good times, and might bring the game time app and think about last minute ticket. You know, just another spot. And why? And while you're there, you can ask me about what I'm betting on the Bears and Dolphins game. That's right. DraftKings. You can make one, money yeah. on the whole That's thing. True. Absolutely. You, you, you know? can leave it up $46 or $146. Yeah. You
1: spend that 46 bucks, then you come talk to me at the tailgate and ask me what I'm betting on the Bears and Dolphins game or what else I'm betting on that entire day because yeah. you know I'm going to bet the entire NFL slate. That's what I do <laughs> from noon to 10 p.m. It's. It's a lock. That's the biggest lock of the century uh, of
0: what's happening for me on, on NFL Sundays, guys. How did how uh, did you do this weekend? And and what are you doing for Monday night football?
1: Monday night football, I'm taking Browns plus three and a half because the Bengals have not won on primetime since 2012. And I know Joe Burrow is there now, but I'm just gonna ride with that trend. Um, but I do think the Bengals win that game. I just think it's gonna be close. Browns home dog. I like it. Give me the give me the hook with three and a half. Fine, I'll take the Browns. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm betting that on DraftKings, uh, of course. And you know, other than just fo- uh, football, there's there's NBA. The NBA, is, uh you know, it's back. You know, mm-hmm. the wait is over, and basketball oh, yeah. is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any five dollar NBA moneyline bet and get two hundred dollars in free bets. If your team wins, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where to go bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at Draft Game Sportsbook with promo code CHGO, minimum age, and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh that said I won $145 on a five-dollar parlay yesterday, and I won yeah. $80. Bucks. I won 80 bucks on a on Dawson Knox scoring the first touchdown last night on Sunday night football. Uh it was a good day. It could have been better, but it was a good day, and it was a nice bounce back after a terrible college. I had a terrible day on Saturday, so
2: just gotta say, don't let Cody get hot. Don't <laughs> let him get hot. DraftKings, <laughs>
1: yeah, watch yeah, out! Let him get hot. It's time to st- you know. I went through a bad stretch. Now you know, return in the cor- corner starts tonight. Browns plus to three and a half. Let's ride.
0: Cody showed up on this podcast at first with just the sunglasses. I thought he's showing up as a gambler. That's what he's showing up as, just a diehard I got gambler. <laughs> I, I, got, I mean, D-word.
1: if I need to get like the turtleneck like long sleeve and then get yeah. a gold chain. Yes. And then I, you know, I'd be, ro- I'd, I'd feel like Adam Sandler from uncut gems.
0: <laughs> you know <what> I,
1: mean?
0: <laughs> I couldn't so. watch that movie. That was, it was too much. I watched it, but it was uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> all right. So you got your report cards ready for Fonzie. This has yeah. been a much awaited report card. I know Absolutely. many people wanted to know what kind of grade he given Fonzie Rivas.
1: <laughs> I will try to be as quick and short with it. Cause I think we're all pretty similar um so with Rivas Alfonso Rivas I went offense D defense C plus and then overall D um never forget that series in uh in San Diego and Arizona the the west coast trip the six game west coast trip I think or maybe it was seven that was probably his peak moment of the season That was back in like late April early May I think um and, yeah, I remember everyone was excited about it and people were, you know, talking about how Rivas could, could be a guy perhaps. Uh, and then it just – I don't know what happened. Came back to Wrigley and things just went downhill from there. And, honestly, he never, never even sniffed anything like that. those performances the rest of the season. Um, so this offense, honestly, gets a D. Just, you know, I like the approach. He brings a great approach. Like contact first, trying to just put the ball in play but he just doesn't have the power that you want at first base um and you that's just what you need i mean if he was getting more hits like if he had you know a higher batting average was getting on base at a at a really nice clip then you know i could you could talk me into it but he, i mean there's just not a lot to like there offensively defense he's not bad at first base he, you know he's he, he made some nice plays uh there was a game back in August, I think that me and Luke joked about how Rivas made like the play of the game or something yeah. like that. And, you know, and how he should have been who you got or something. <laughs> I don't remember. Um But yeah, I mean, overall he gets, what did I say? A D D plus. Um, so it's nothing against him. I think in a decent, in a, in a different role, he would be a valuable player just because I, I love the approach, but at this point, I think he's a depth piece uh, that, you know, an emergency, if you have an injury at first base, you need someone to come up and just play until you, until the team figures it out or whatever. I guess the fact that he's 25, be 26 next year, gives you some hope that maybe he can turn, he can improve. But like, as we've talked about with other guys, like the, the Cubs cannot just rely on him getting better. Um, but I think he's just an organizational death piece at this point.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly with you, Cody. Uh, I, was pretty similar on the grades uh, offense. I gave him a D. Um, I actually went C on defense, and then a D plus overall. Um, yeah, the offensively, it just one of the things that you got, you know, came coming into the season, and this goes with him and Schwindel, who we will eventually get to I know. Uh, but this was a year first base was open, and it was it was a chance for either one of them to kind of take it and run with it and and make it their spot, claim that spot. And neither of them really did. Um, Rivas had a disappointing year for me offensively. Um, I mean, he hit, what, 235, uh, 322 on base, 307 slug. So only a .072 ISO. Like, there was not a lot of pop there. Um, He had an 82 WRC+. It was actually a negative uh, in terms of F-war. And one of the things that that really struck me, kind of looking into his numbers a little bit, that I I feel like I – we, we talked about maybe a little bit during the season, but kind of as, as the season's passed, uh, we kind of forgot about it. But he really struggles to hit breaking balls. Um, this is on baseball savant. He has a 160 batting average uh, against breaking balls this year, 136 or uh, 198 MOBA, um, 35.7% whiff rate uh, against breaking balls. So it's, and we know how good pitching is these days and especially you know the, the sliders the all the different sliders that pitchers throw the different breaking balls uh, you know curveballs that kind of stuff um, but to succeed at this level you have to be able to hit that and he didn't he didn't really do that this year um, that, and the, I mean there's a reason why he got optioned multiple times this year why he I think basically all of August he, I he he was at the field of dreams game but pretty much all the rest of august that he wasn't on the big league team like and that's and that's after the trade deadline too. Um, it just wasn't a great year for him, uh, defensively and then, or offensively. Uh, and then defensively, uh, I gave him a C just, he didn't, he played mostly at first base. Uh, he had a few, I think he had like six overall innings in the outfield. So the rest of his innings were all at first base exclusively. Um, he ended up with, uh, six defensive runs saved at first base, but also negative two outs above average. Um, and. Three, like overall in the outfield, again, only six innings. So it's not a huge thing, um, but it was all, you know, zero zero across the board pretty much. It just, I think he's a good defender. Um, and I think if, if it's like a, a defensive or a battle, a situation where you need someone with a solid dependable glove at first base, that's probably him. Um, but he just didn't play enough to make sure he like showed that this year, you know, again, with him spending so much time being optioned up and down didn't really have that opportunity um, so I ended up with a D plus, uh, overall just season wasn't what we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be better for him because he did show some, some signs of life there in 2021, um, enough to get excited about like, Hey, this guy may be something to, to build on at first base. And uh, then this year was just, I don't know if it was a full step back, but it definitely wasn't a step forward for him. Um, and now you're still kind of looking like, Okay, is Matt Mervis going to be the guy at first base versus like it could have been a season where Afonso Rivas locked it down and now uh it's more of just what Cody said. He he feels like a like an organizational depth piece at best.
0: Yeah, I mean my grades are real similar to yours. I mean, disappointing in that the opportunity was there. He couldn't grab it. Um, I gave his defense a B minus just because I, I can't remember the specific play. I think it was the a bunt that he caught, Cody, that we were talking about. He had some a couple of great plays. We're like, okay, that shine. But other than that, okay, he he's a good defensive player. Offensively, D minus. It just wasn't there. And and overall, the D pluses. And I don't know if he is an everyday major league player, but he is depth. And I question whether or not he's a guy you protect if you're up against it on the forty man roster. And the only reason I would say after having a full season to prove it, that maybe he is a guy to protect. If you, if you know, it comes down to it is only because you don't have answers at first base. So if they go out and get me an an everyday first baseman, or if they get someone like Cody Bellinger, who I could put at first base and still would be good defensively at first base. And, you know, my backup plan is Mervis and PJ Higgins, who was also decent over at first base. Then I think that roster, the 40 man roster could be impacted by Rivas. I don't think he's totally safe from that conversation, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know. I he just he's a one of a handful of guys like you said, like maybe seven or eight guys where you said opportunity on a platter. Here it is. And I would say he was not able clearly was not able to mm. take that and run with it. So I like Clayton's comedy. For him too. What's that? Yeah.
1: I said, I like Clayton's comment. He says, Revis's best moment of the year was getting name-dropped on the Bear, which is on Hulu, and it, that is true. The fact that they used Alfonso rivas's name in that show is pretty hilarious. So, yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't
2: a great season. It wasn't the season we wanted it to be for him. Is, right.
0: is Landon breaking Bears news here on the chat? He is, the and I just got the notification.
1: Period? The Bear, the Bears and the Ravens are are trade or the Ravens are trading for Wilcon Smith? What? So, yeah.
0: The full wow. rebuild it on boy, they're going to be tank. stacked with draft picks. Well, the good thing, good thing man. we're not.
2: Good thing we're not the Bears show.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport verified account says it happened. Yeah. Interesting. Well, really? the Bears guys have something to talk about. We better get off the air. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Happy Halloween. More grading tomorrow. We have some special guests coming up yeah. this week.
1: In studio. Got a guest tomorrow in studio. In studio. In studio. Love it. And Love I said it. it
0: last week. Huge
1: Ian Hap fan. And, yeah, that's all I got.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, be safe out there trick-or-treating to all you kids that are watching. And uh thanks Twix. for checking out the Joe Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. America's top-rated sports book uh, for Batman and uh, The Gambler. I don't know what he's supposed to be. I guess me and top dog. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. See you tomorrow. Fly the W.
1: Love you guys.